All right, everybody. Welcome to episode 54 of the In the Flat Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kill. Joined this week again by Jordan Schultz and Jeff Saban. Uh, today we have a lot to discuss. So we got to break down the biggest games of week seven, which was there was there was plenty of games to talk about. And then preview some of the upcoming games of week eight. Uh, but first, let's talk about any news that's out there in college football land. Uh, there doesn't seem much out there. I will say there were some injuries that happened over the weekend that we need to kind of check in on uh, here coming up. But wide receiver Jordan Addison of USC uh, was injured in last week's loss at Utah. Uh, he appeared to have a leg injury. He got tangled up with somebody else. Not sure how serious this is, but uh, that could be potentially a big loss for them if he's out for any significant amount of time. Um, Quarterback uh, Tyler Tuglavoya from uh, Maryland was carted off of injury. That seemed to be a pretty significant injury. Uh, but, again, we haven't had an update on exactly what was that uh, injury. Or do we have his? One? His update is he will he he is a game day decision. It's his Wow, knee. really? Yeah, I would figure he was going to be out for at least a couple games if he's carted off. It, but yeah, yeah it's his be. knee. Okay. Well, hopefully he's okay. It looked look worse than, than it probably was then uh, during the game on over the weekend. Uh, but then the other uh, injury that I saw was quarterback Tanner Morgan of Minnesota. He was uh, being checked in at the hospital. He took a really violent hit and you know probably has some concussion symptoms, so he might be out for a little while as they just make sure he's okay. He he also is not ruled out for Saturday. That's what you got to rule out. I, after everything going on with all these injuries and concussions, I, I wouldn't take the chance, but – Hopefully he's okay, and it was it was, you know, he's able to get back out there whenever he's able to. Jordan Addison, I think, is also listed as day to day. They're saying it's not it's not long term or serious, but I imagine okay. he's probably going to miss at least this next game against Arizona. I think it is. Yeah, I think if there's a game you can miss, it's probably that one. I don't think it's as. Uh, I think they have enough talent to beat them without Jordan Addison. So I would I would I would I wouldn't risk anything, but yeah. These guys are, you know, tough. They play for a lot of injuries there, so we'll see if uh, make sure if these are any long term effects here, or if there's going to be short term. All right, let's get to the meat of this. This here, let's talk about Week Seven results. So, a um, lot of games this weekend. Let's we'll start off with uh, Penn State, Michigan. Um, that was a, a game we thought was going to be closer than it actually was. Michigan really just dominated Penn State uh, from start to finish. There, um, you know. I think the final score, yeah, 41-17 was the final score. Sean Clifford just looked like Sean Clifford does. He's very consistent, 7 of 19 for 120 yards. I think at this point you just need to roll with the young guy, Drew Aller, and this, and see what happens there if you're Penn State. But they, they just not have the offense. This was not clicking. The defense of Michigan looked good. J.J. McCarthy had an okay game, but, again, only 145 yards passing. But the, the running game, Donovan Edwards, 173. Blake Corum, 166. Uh, JJ had over 57. So, I mean, they did like they did last year. They dominate the run, they dominate on the defensive line, and they win the game. So, that being said, Jordan, were you impressed with Michigan, or is Michigan kind of firmly in your top four? I'm impressed with Michigan, um, but also like to talk about uh, Penn State's offense. Um, they're this is not relevant. Um, so. I wouldn't say it was a huge, huge win for Michigan. It didn't really show me much more than what we already saw. Um, they still got Ohio State, you know, coming, you know, the end of the season. Um, they got <clears throat> Illinois, who has the number one running back in the in, uh, in college football right now. He has almost over, I think, over two hundred more rushing yards than anyone else. He's the only running back that has over a thousand rushing yards right now. Um, 
So it showed a lot, I think. Um, offensively, they're still kind of the Michigan passing game. Uh, J.J. McCarthy can throw the ball. We've seen it, but um, he hasn't really shown a lot in the last couple games. Um, but big win for Penn State, I think, is really did show. And I, I think I think they're still in my top five. It's going to depend on these next couple weeks where I keep them. All right. How about yourself, Jess? Were you, were you impressed with the Michigan win here? I think I was a bit more impressed than – Jordan clearly was with them, but um, I mean, any time this might be one of the first time that I can really remember where you had two running backs get over 150 yards each. But I mean, it was really a tale of two halves there. Penn State was able to keep it close. I think they got like 14 points in the second quarter, but then they got a field goal in the third, and that was it. That Michigan really did control the game. Just in the second half, it was it was like. They just decided, to, oh, yeah, we're going to just flip that switch. Penn State, you're done. Let's just get out of here. Um, I think I would have them fourth right now. But, you know, as it's been the past couple of years, I, I think it's really just going to come down to Michigan-Ohio State. Uh, I think that's like November 26th. That, that's the game that everyone in the Big Ten has written off on their calendars. And, you know, Penn State was a nice – story there breaking into the top 10 but i it just feels like michigan really was just in a separate class once they got going yeah no i i agree i, I um i honestly I, I had a different opinion of michigan before this game i had um i thought they were just going to be too offensively challenged and their defense was still too young but they they showed me a lot in this game i honestly think they're probably going to be i think they're going to beat ohio state just because they beat them last year, and Ohio State's not as good as a team to me than they were last year. And this team's going to be able to run against Ohio State, I think. So I'm, I'm making an early prediction. I think Michigan's going to get end up running the table here and make it a playoff, which probably means they're going to lose next week to whoever they're playing. So, um, you know, I'll be their, their crust there, I guess. Which pays I'm pretty me sure Michigan I'm, has a bye week um, this week. So, see, they're already losing. Um, okay. Um, let's talk about the next game. Um, the game of the week, Alabama-Tennessee. This game was back and forth, crazy offense. I don't think much defense was played in this one. But, uh, Tennessee won 52-49. Um, Tennessee, this man, Hennon Hooker, Heisman favorite, 385 yards, five touchdowns. Really just, you know, even Bryce Young had a good game, 455 yards, two touchdowns. But Hennon Hooker just was, a, you know, played above his, above his head there. And, um, you know, we – I just was very impressed with him. I think this Tennessee team has a chance to go undefeated. They have a tough Georgia team ahead of them, but I was very impressed with this. Jess, what did you think of this? I know you've been rooting for someone to take down the Alabama team, so what did you think of this result? I was so happy to be wrong. Jordan was the only one of us here that had the cojones to, to call the Tennessee upset. I Like you, Tony, like you pointed out, like in the, we've been burned before by Saban and the, in the Crimson Tide in the past. What I took away was, uh, Tennessee. This, I feel like this is going to be their year to kind of break into that playoff, uh, pool. I mean, right now they're number three. Uh, they're quarter, they got two really solid running backs. They got a deep wide receiver room. They have all of the pieces there and they showed that they had what it took to, play with the best of the best. Now their next game that is really should be a challenge for them is uh, I believe either Georgia and Kentucky or Kentucky. 
Uh, but that Georgia game is the one that I think people right now have, you know, like the next big, you know, test for them. And that, I believe, is at Georgia. So they're not going to have that home crowd. They're not going to have that atmosphere that I do think really did play a big part. I mean, at some points that Alabama defense just looked confused, had some blown coverages. You know, I said in the last podcast that what has Alabama struggled with in, so far this year? It's, the, it's their secondary and those deep passes. And Tennessee got them there. So Georgia, we know they're a defensive juggernaut. Um, if Tennessee, if Tennessee does beat Georgia, I, I think we might have to consider them as like one of the top two key, top two teams in the country. And for me, it, it, it would be them in Ohio State as of as of right now if they beat Georgia. All right. Um, what about you, Jordan? What did you think of this? You, you picked it, like just said. So we give you all the props here. Yeah, <laughs> um, I picked it. Give them a round of applause. I, every dog I has his day, it. folks. Every dog has his day. Hey, I I just saw. It. You know, if you look at it, you know Tennessee is a better Texas. If Quint, like Quint, basically Alabama should have lost three games so lately so far. Um, they should have lost to Texas. Quinn yours should have lost to Texas A and M. Just on an awful play oh, right. call to end the game. Um, but if you look at stats, I mean, yeah, Bryce Young had 455 yards passing, but he passed 52 times. Other hand, Tennessee, Hooker, you know, 385 yards. He only passed 30 times. He averaged 12.8 uh, yards a pass. I mean, they just, their Alabama's defense looks so lost in that game. And if you look at the stats, their whole team looked lost. Penalties. They are so undisciplined right now. Um, and they're just, you know, Nick Saban said last year was a rebuild. But I, I definitely think this year is more of a rebuild for them. Um, they had 17 yeah. penalties for 130 yards. I mean, you know, if you listen to all the, you know, sports talk and all that, that's, you know, letting up 130 yards to a running backs. Oh, yeah. But when it's literally 130 free yards that you know no one had to do anything for it, you you lose yourself the game, and that's what Alabama's been doing time and time again the last couple you know weeks. We haven't really seen a dominant Alabama um, uh, lately. I mean, playing anyone, uh, you would think Alabama would turn it around and come back and you know dominate this Tennessee team. But Tennessee um, dominated you know the first half of this game. Kind of slowed down the second half, but I don't know what these play calls were at that game. The end, why pass three three downs when you're at the 42-yard line to kick a 52-yard field goal? Why not run the ball and try to get more yardage? Um, it's just <laughs> Alabama looks lost right now, um, yeah. and I, I it, they probably have should have lost three games. They should have, yeah. If you look at their schedule, though, you know who are they, who's going to beat them. Wrestled away, Mississippi maybe. I guess that might be a team that can that beat them. Outside of that, if they get through that schedule with one loss, they're still going to the SEC championship game. And so, if Georgia beats Tennessee, then they're going to the SEC championship game. Then you have three potential teams with one loss because Alabama beats Georgia. Then what are you going to send all these teams to the playoff? And that's going to be Alabama's going to find their way to make be in this conversation. But uh, it would be nice to see some new blood in there. It'd be nice if. Ole Miss could beat Alabama in November, and then we can really just come out of Georgia, Tennessee, be in that um, to go to the playoffs. So, we'll we'll see if that happens. Uh, but I was very impressed with Tennessee. I think their their offense, you know, does travel well. 
Um, looking at their schedule, I mean, they have Georgia uh, coming up, but they have Kentucky, which obviously is that, that really a rivalry opponent for them. Um, and then that's it. They, they, if they get by Kentucky and Georgia, I mean, they're undefeated. If they get by, they split it, then they're, you know, one loss throughout the season. This is much better than they've been the last few years. So really cool thing to see if you're a Tennessee fan. All right. Let's talk about North Carolina State and Syracuse. What an ugly game this was. Uh, Syracuse won 24 to 9. Devin Leary is out for the season. Uh, I think we talked last week that he was going to try to play, but he, he's out for the season. And so for North Carolina State, they had, uh, Jack Chambers, which I don't know anything about, play. He had 160 yards passing, wasn't very efficient. So uh, they might be in for a long rest of the season. That's sad because they really, yeah, I really thought they were going to do some things this year, but the, that David Leary injury really hurt them. But Syracuse is now six and zero, and they're, they're, we're going to talk about them a little bit later. But they're going to play Clemson uh, next week in Battle of Unbeaten's. Uh, you wouldn't really expect that from a, a Syracuse team, but. Uh, Jess, were you able to check this game out at all or any thoughts on this Syracuse team? Well, I mean, I said last week that if uh, NC State didn't have Leary, Syracuse was going to come in and just – I didn't think it was going to be as ugly as it was as a game, but I felt like without Leary, Syracuse was going to win, and I thought they'd win handedly, and that's exactly what happened. I don't have many thoughts on this game, but, you know, I wish Devin Leary the best. You know, I know uh, I was joking about the – you know, ECU, NC State, you know, I mean, rivalry, not much of one, but, uh, you know, you never you never want to see anybody get hurt. So, you know, wish yeah. him the best. That's really all I have to say about this game. All right, Jordan, any final thoughts on this ugly, ugly contest? I, I talked about it last week. Syracuse has a really good balanced offense, and it's shown in this game with how close – you know, both their passing yards and their rushing yards were. Um, the biggest, you know, thing I've caught out of this game is Syracuse's quarterback can be really inconsistent at times um, and really sloppy with the ball. Um, so that might hurt them when we talk about, you know, it'll come up when we talk about the Clemson game. All right. All right, let's move ahead here. Another game. Um, Mississippi State, Kentucky. This one we uh, – you know, we, we I think we all said that if Will Levis was out in this game, it might be tough for Kentucky. But he was back. He had his normal Will Levis-like performance, 230 yards passing. They won 27-17. Kentucky really looked like them old, their old selves, kind of ready to ship a little bit after a couple of losses. Um, it looked a lot better here. Mississippi State just didn't have it offensively, and that's, you know, you can really contribute that to Kentucky's defense there. So, Jordan, what did you think of this performance by Kentucky? Their defense. That's what I think. Holding the you know leading rusher or leading leading passer uh, to only two hundred and three passing yards. You know, ter- have a turnover. Um, even holding their run, you know, Mississippi State's run game to only twenty two yards. You know, that's huge. It's a big, big thing. And having Levis back, I think they're going to be a scary team. And I think, you know, us talking about that Tennessee, uh, Kentucky game, that's going to be a lot closer than a lot of people are going to think. Um, just because Kentucky has a good defense, and I think they can stop a lot of the run game, but uh, if they can stop that pass game for a lot of game, uh, for most of the games I have left, it, it'll be a scary sight when people play Kentucky. So it was a big win for Kentucky, and I think it's a good turnaround win uh, for the program right now. All right, 
Uh, let's talk a little bit about Clemson and Florida State. Uh, so Clemson won this one 34-28. Uh, it was a pretty good contest. I think DJ was okay, 200 yards passing and three touchdowns. Florida State made it a fight. Uh, they, def- they definitely battled. Jordan Travis had an every good, decent performance, 252 touchdowns. Um, you know, it was just kind of, you know, Clemson went out ahead a little bit. I think they were, when I checked, 24-14 at halftime. And then, uh, you know, really took it, got it up to 34-14. So Florida State made her come back in the fourth quarter, but they, they couldn't close the deal there. So, um, Jess, what was your thoughts on this one? Do you Were you more impressed with uh, the fact Florida State fought back or that Clemson was able to put them away? I mean, honestly, it's more that I was kind of disappointed with Clemson's defense. I mean, they got two of the top ten players projected in this upcoming draft in Miles Murphy and Brian uh, Brian Brees, I believe it is. And their defense has not been what I thought it was going to be so far this year. But at the end of the day, they did what they had to do. They closed it out. But I think Clemson – you know, against this this Florida State's team, you know, we were talking about, you know, if Syracuse is – maybe they actually give them a fight. I mean, there's a reason why right now I think in the AP poll uh, Clemson is currently fifth, not fourth, even though it feels like it's back and forth every week between them and Michigan in that final spot there. Uh, Clemson has to be able to kind of run away with these games. I mean, I think we'd all agree that Penn State is a better team than Florida State, and – Look at what Michigan did to them, but Clemson is kind of letting these teams get back into it, and one of these days they might just slip up just enough, and that's going to cost them big time. But overall, they got the job done, and now they just got to focus on the next week. Yep. Any thoughts on this one, Jordan? Um, To me, I think Florida State lost this game for themselves. Um, You know, the first half, Florida State fumbled, which gave opportunity for Clemson to score a touchdown. Um, and then the second half, there was, you know, just looking at the play-by-play, you know, a lot of on downs, you know, they went all four, Florida State went all four, and, you know, just those those plays. I think Florida State lost their game. They lost this game, and uh, Clemson just, their offense still looked kind of stagnant um, to me. I, I just don't think that they're um, 100% where we Team, uh, fans, you know, coaches would want them to be. I still don't think I'm 100% sold on DJ right now. Um, he hasn't shown consistency to me. So, But a big win for Clemson, I think. But um, they still have a lot to improve on still. All right. Um, let's talk about the um, never big game of the week. The final one we'll talk about is Utah and USC. Utah was able to win this one 43-42. to this was a wild finish with um, Utah deciding to go for two in the final um, possession there and getting the win with um, Cam Rising rising to the occasion to get the, the two-point conversion <laughs> there. Um, yeah, this was a good back-and-forth game that um, you know anybody could have won, but Utah really came back and won this game in the last in the fourth quarter there, and it was really impressive. I think we talked about it. They play a lot better at home for some reason. I, I think part of the reason is their fans are so rabid and they're just behind them. So they're able to they go out and win these games on, on home at home, but struggle a little bit on the road. But really good performance. I mean, Caleb Williams, nothing to be ashamed of. 381 yards of five touchdowns. You know, he played well. They had some good rushing. Uh, you know, I think they could have done a little more rushing. 
you look at um, Travis Dye, every time he touched the ball, he had like seven yards on the ground uh, average. So, I, you know, he only rushed 11 times, though. So I think they, they tend to throw a little too much. And I think they could probably run a little more and, and slow the game down a little bit for, for themselves. But, uh, you know, it's something to watch again throughout this year. So, um, Jordan, what about you? Did you? What did you think of this Utah performance? What did you think of USC? I think this was, you know, we talk about the t- Alabama-Tennessee game, but I think this one was, to me, a, you know, a lot better to watch just because, you know, it was just so close. And in that gutsy two-point conversion call, I think um, Utah's head coach knew that he, you know, his defense wasn't really stopping USC. He had to win it, uh, you know, right then. And if they lost with him not converting that two-point conversion, then, you know, it's better than losing by a touchdown in over or you know the overtime cuz they they really couldn't stop USC. Caleb Williams had a field day um passing the ball. I just like you said, if they can't run the ball like they should, they need to have more consistency with that run game. Not consistency, more running the ball. They don't they're more of a one-sided offense with that pass. Um Die is dominant. He's been dominant you know of late and uh if they don't run the ball more, I think it's going to be a lot, you know, the same outcome is going to happen for them when they play a team that can score a lot. Nope, I agree. Any, any closing thoughts on this one, Jess? I mean, it was uh, it was rough for USC fans. I mean, on, I said going into that game, I thought Utah would win, but I thought it was going to be on the back of their running attack. Uh, they really didn't run the ball that much, to be honest. I mean, you had – Cam Rising, 11 carries. He, he got three touchdowns on the ground with that. Uh, Micah Bernard, 11 carries, but only 37 yards. He averaged less than three and a half yards a carry. But uh, Dalton Kincaid, their uh, Utah's receiver, 15 for 15 receptions for 217 yards. That I I didn't see that coming, but. USC struggled with tackling. They had a season-high 12 penalties. You know, you can't really win when you have, you know, that kind of a undisciplined kind of performance. So Utah, great win. Uh, They're looking like they're trying to take back control of their destiny right now. I think uh, UCLA is currently atop the conference as it stands, but uh, Utah's – you know, this is kind of what people thought they could do going into the season. So, good good game from them. Great comeback. You know, it, hey, it was a heck of a weekend for college football. Jesus. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be hard to top that for week eight. And, you know, look at the games. We have a yeah, like five games to review, but they're not as, I would say, definitely not as a marquee matchup. So, um, yeah, great, great games. I think that one in Alabama, Tennessee were just the uh, stars of the weekend for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about some of these games for coming up. Let's talk about Syracuse and Clemson. Um, honestly, both are undefeated. They're playing at Clemson, so it's going to be a challenging place to play for Syracuse. Um, so, Jordan, what are you seeing here? I know you mentioned it earlier. What do you see happening in a Syracuse-Clemson game? Do you see um, the inconsistency with Syracuse's offense kind of biting them a bit, or do you see Clemson kind of playing down to their opponent again? I think uh, Clemson playing down to their opponent again, but I don't. I, with what we I've seen from Clemson and what I've seen from Syracuse, I don't think it's really playing down to your opponent. I think both these teams. Um, I think Clemson has the skill. 
more skill than Syracuse, but I think right now both these teams are pretty similar. Um, I just think Syracuse has a more uh, consistent offense than you know we've seen Clemson lately, um, and I think this is going to be a real test for Clemson, you know, offensively because this is one of the best defenses you're going to face. So, you know, you know, all seven games they played. So I, it's hard for me to choose. I think I'm going to pick Clemson on this game just because they're at home. Um, it's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be a seven, you know, three to seven point game. Just because if it was away, if it was at Syracuse, then give me Syracuse. But with it being at Clemson and how, you know, important these games are for their fans, uh, give me Clemson. All right. Jess, do you agree or do you, are you picking the upset here? I 100% agree with Jordan, actually. <laughs> um, I was going to say the same Better. thing. If this, was, if this was at Syracuse, I think, honestly, I would pick Syracuse with how lackluster Clemson has been at times this year, particularly in, in games that they should have blown out, like Florida State. Like that, they Florida, Florida State should have never been able to climb back into that game, but I, I think the home atmosphere, I think, you know, Dabo is going to be a, a bit more on them uh, discipline-wise, you know, keeping the foot on the throat, as they say. And I think I think Clemson probably wins this game by, like, 10 points. You know, it's going to be close. They're, they're probably going to get, like, a field goal late. That's just going to be just enough, and everyone knows the game's over, and... You know, I, I think it's going to be one of those kinds of games, maybe like a, like a 34-23, something like that. You know, not a blowout, but not exactly one possession. Yeah, it's a degree. I think, like, to your guys' point, I think this was in Syracuse. Um, it might be a different story. Uh, but Clemson, I think, you know, was a little more dominated on the defensive side. They could slow down that offense a bit. And they just have to do it just enough on offense to win. So I think I'm thinking seven or ten points. I'm thinking 28, 18, 20, 21, something like that is, is going to be the score of Clemson winning. All right. Texas and Oklahoma State. This is a I don't know how Texas got ranked again, but here we are. Texas is number 20, and they're playing Oklahoma State number eleven. Um, Texas had a had a close call against um was it Iowa State this week? Uh, no. Who am I thinking, George? Iowa State. Iowa State, okay. Um, that was a close contest for them, and you know I thought they were going to kind of blow blow them out, but that obviously Iowa State has a good defense. Um, so you got to wonder, um, you know, Oklahoma State has a little less of a defense this year, but they can actually score. So I kind of see this being like a like a shootout, uh, old Big Twelve style shootout. So Jess, what do you think happens in this one? I'm picking Texas. Uh, I like what they've got going on. I like Quinn Ewers and, you know, Oklahoma State's coming off of a close heck of a game, emotional game. And I I think Texas, when, I mean, I had Iowa State uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I was saying that they got one of the better defenses in the country, it looks like, at least from a st- statistical standpoint probably don't have that you know the kind of a talent that a georgia has but i oklahoma state does not have that kind of defense and i think texas comes in oklahoma state's a bit out of it and i think texas wins this game by 14 17 points okay um jordan do you agree or do you are you picking the oklahoma state win here no i i agree with uh 
Jess. Um, I think Texas has a offense that's too much agreement I, in this. Podcast. I don't know. Yeah, it is agreement. Too much. Too much. Um, I just <laughs> don't. I I don't know. Oklahoma State this year, their defense wise is not the best. Um, the beginning of the season, yes, it's the first game of the season, but they won barely to a Central Michigan team that they should have probably blown out. Um, every game they've played was close, besides their one team against you know AR Pine Bluff. So I just like Jess said, I think with the double overtime win last week or loss last week, it, it's just they're going to be tired still, um, beat up, and Texas is coming off a game that. Probably should have blown out the team, but Iowa State's defense is consistent. You know, always has been consistent. We've seen it all year. Um, but give me Texas. Um, I think it's gonna be a lot closer than four, uh, fourteen to seventeen. I'm mean, think it's gonna be seven to t- or ten, just because I just think Oklahoma State can still score, but I just think Texas is gonna pull it out. All right. Well, give me Oklahoma State in this one. I will disagree yes. with you guys. Thanks. Uh, Take them one for the team. Someone's got to. <clears throat> I think they. Um, They'll be able to score on this Texas defense. I think they'll do it just enough to stop this Texas defensive scoring. I think it's going to be a shootout. I think Oklahoma State wins by three in the last play of the game type of touchdown. So I think it's going to be a good game, probably a game of the weekend. Uh, but, yeah, I think Oklahoma State will have, a, have enough here to beat Texas. All right. What potentially could be the game of the weekend is number nine, UCLA, and number 10, Oregon. This will be on our Coach's Corner podcast that we do later this week. Um so this should be a really good um, contest. Um, you know, obviously has some ties in there with, with Chip Kelly and Oregon, you know, in their past. Both teams are in the top 10. Oregon obviously uh, has the one loss, which was the 49-3 loss to Georgia. UCLA is coming in undefeated with some good wins over Washington and Utah. So, um, Jess, what do, you, what do you think happens in this game? Do you think um, Chip Kelly gets some revenge on his old employer? This is a tough one. Um, you know, I, I said earlier in the year in that week one, I had, I mean, I thought Georgia was going to win, but I didn't think they were going to dominate Oregon the way that they did. And Oregon has since bounced back. I have a lot of faith in their linebacking core, but UCLA, I think has just been more consistently impressive. Uh, they've got a lot of things going their way and it's had Oregon, I don't know. I think I just trust in Chip Kelly and his coaching pedigree, and I think, I think coaching might end up being the difference maker in this game. And I, I've, I've always been a big fan of what Chip Kelly is capable of, and I think he's turned around this UCLA UCLA program. And I, right now, I think it might be their year, especially after USC's loss. I think this is uh, UCLA's year for the Pac-12. So I've got UCLA, and I think it's going to be. A, I think this is going to be another one that goes into overtime, double overtime for for the Pac-12 fans. All right, Jordan, do we have a disagreement or we have an agreement here? Nah. <laughs> just, just the good thing with this Pac-12 game is is not at like twelve midnight. It's not at midnight, so it's a, it's a good time game. It's at you know three thirty Eastern time, so we're all good. But <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think I'm with I'm with Jess. Um, UCLA. Looks like a more consistent team right now. Even though Bo Nix has really turned it around since that first game, only throwing one pick um, in the last five games. But I think UCLA coming off the big dominant wins, you know, over Utah and, and Washington. I think UCLA has a better quarterback right now. 
more, uh, you know, they're both experienced, but, you know, I'm pretty sure Dorian Thompson Robinson is on his uh, fifth year starting quarterback as a quarterback. So I think he has more experience at, uh, you know, being in these tough situations just because UCLA has been a down and out team for a while. So give me UCLA, but I think it's going to be like three points. I think it's like just said, I don't think it's going to overtime. I think someone's going to finish it out in regular time, but close, really close game. is going to be a shootout. All right. Uh, give me Oregon. I'll take Oregon this game. All right. Um, I just feel like uh, Oregon's kind of been through after that loss to Georgia and having to kind of pick themselves back up. And they, they've had adversity. And I think uh, UCLA, you know, has been played some good teams, but played a lot of bad teams too to get to their record. Um, I think this if this game was in UCLA, maybe it'd be a different story for me. But this is at Oregon. Uh, Oregon is a pretty good, tough place to play with some crazy fans there. Chip Kelly's returning. He probably has some different pressures he's putting on himself. I can see this being an Oregon, like, grind out a, a very close win, as you guys mentioned. So give me Oregon on this one. Um, Mississippi State, Alabama. I feel bad if I'm a Mississippi State fan because I feel like Alabama's going to be mad in this game. But um, – Mississippi State's coming off their loss last week to Kentucky by 10. Alabama's coming off their loss to Tennessee. This is at Alabama, so, you know, no home field advantage for Mississippi State. So, me personally, I just feel like this is going to be a blowout. Alabama wins. Uh, what do you What do you say, Jess? I agree. You You read my mind, actually. I was I was going to come out. I wanted to go with the – I think Alabama's going to be pissed. I think they're going to come out there. I'm. It's a home game. I think Alabama wins this by 35. Like, I don't think this game is going to be close. They're more talented. They're both coming off of losses. You know, Alabama's got those emotions running hot, and I think they are going to just take their anger out on a team that, quite frankly, just doesn't quite measure up. So, Alabama by 30. <laughs> All right. Jordan, do you agree? I'm not taking one for the team. I'm picking Alabama. Uh, (laughs) but it depends on what bright i think it's gonna be a blowout depending on what bryce what we have what bryce young we have um Mm. if we have last week bryce young then yeah it's gonna be 30 35 point game but if we have inconsistent bryce young texas bryce young that kind of stuff um i think it's gonna be a lot closer 14 you know things like that but uh give me alabama close one not close one. It's gonna be a blowout if Bryce Young plays <laughs> plays right. Um, it looks like we, we did drop uh, Tony here, so I think just we're just gonna we don't have a tiebreaker anymore. Chug <laughs> along here. Um, we just still have one more game, um, and it's the Kansas State at TCU. Um, I don't think anyone in the, you know this year thought either of these teams would be where they are. Um, so. Let's start with uh, Jess. Jess, what? Who do you got for this game? Uh, I got welcome TCU. back, Tony. Yeah. Hey, welcome <laughs> back, Tony. Hey, thanks. Technical issues there, but uh, I've got TCU, and honestly, I I, I think this is going to be another like ten to seventeen point differential here. But I mean, TCU's got one of my favorite players in the country right now, and Quentin Johnson. He had like eight catches. I think he had like over. I think he had almost 150, 200 yards, somewhere in that range last game. He was just an absolute beast. And 
I don't think Kansas State can quite measure up. It's uh, I believe it is at TCU as well. Yes, it is at TCU. So I think, you know, they're riding high. But, and you know, I don't think they're going to overlook Kansas State after, you know, after all that they went through last week. But I, I think it's going to be TCU by 14 or so. And I think Quinn Johnson, man, that guy is good. <laughs> Jeez. What about you, Tony? Yeah, you know, this one, I, I just see TCU all the way. This is, um, it's like destiny year for TCU. I don't see them ever, I don't see them losing the rest of the season. I think they're going to go undefeated and make the playoff. Um, so that's my pick. Max Duggan, I loved him since high school. He's just, he's the man. And um, I think TCU is just going to have a dominant rest of the year. And it's going to start with a, a nice 14 point win over Kansas State here. All right, let me – I'll take one for the team here. Um, <laughs> give me Kansas State. I think Kansas State has, a, you know, a decent a, – a defense that can hold its own, and I think it's going to be able to stop a lot of the um, attack of TCU. And I think they're – you know, Kansas State's offense can control the game. If they get the – you know, get it early, they can control the speed and they get keep dugging off the field for a while. I think it's – you know, it's going to be really big in their favor. And so give me, you know, Kansas State by seven. Ooh. Oh, okay. We'll see if what, who's right on this one next week. All right. Um, so that's the, I think that's the big game for, um, for next week. Again, not as, not as impressive slate as this past week, but that usually leads to upsets or bigger things happening. So we'll definitely have to look and see there. All right, I have a hypothetical question to end the podcast for you guys. We haven't talked about all this right. at all, so it's going to be a little, you know. Oh, no. Yeah, it's not going to be oh, crazy. It's not, me. it's not me and Ben, so we're all good. Yeah, all right. All right. <laughs> Top five cereals. Go, Jess. Oh, God. Oh, putting me on the spot here. I'll well, start mine me, while you're thinking about it. How about that? Well, my number one. Okay. Is Frosted Flakes. It always happens. Oh, been. terrible choice, number one. What the hell do you – what? I'll, I'll explain my number one choice. In number a bit. two, okay. uh, I'm gonna have to go Cheerios. It's a uh, basic, it's classic, but it's good. It's consistent. Number three, uh, oatmeal squares. Uh, number four, cinnamon life. <laughs> number five. Oh my god. I don't know about you, Ben. Uh, Jess, I'm sorry. I fought you, Ben, because this is this is the kind of crazy stuff he would say. Um, wait, wait. You didn't let me get to five. Let me get. To okay, five. okay, okay. It's not important. I'm gonna go with uh, Rice Krispies at for five. Snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> All right. All right, Jordan. I, I need a list. I need a good one, man. I need a good number All one right. here to get us started. Good number one. All right, here we go. Heart healthy honey nut Cheerios, baby. All day, uh, Honey Nut Cheerios is completely overrated and does not actually is not nearly <laughs> as good as the OG. All right, sorry. Let me, let me let me get this right. All right, Fruity Pebbles is my number one. I don't know why, guys. It's what is my number one? Let me lo- give me fruit. Give me uh, Fruit Loops, my number two. Um, man, I'm not gonna be like Jess and pick those, you know, rice rice treats. Rice, Rice Krispies, no flavor. What? <laughs> Corn pops. 
<laughs> what are corn pops? Dude, come on, no, dude. They're, they're a cereal. They're <laughs> what are well corn known. pops? Honeycombs? Am I at four right, or five? I can't, I've lost count. Right. I don't know. Four. four, and then Frosted Flakes are my fifth. Okay. That's better than Jess's. I get it. Better than Jess's. I'll give you that. Isn't? <laughs> Mine was objectively right. Objectively oh, wrong, God. Jess. <laughs> Just like your hairline. Wow. Oh, I know oh. Ben was the only one that gets roasted about hairlines here, but dang. You're just coming yeah. for everybody. I'm sorry I don't have like the like the floofy kind of gonna have it run over my eye kind of long hair here. Some <laughs> of us have to deal with curly hair. All right. What do you look like if this was the two thousands, you'd be going for the full emo look with your hair. You look you look like a Walmart Will Ferrell. Shut your mouth. <laughs> hey, Will Ferrell is awesome. I will take that. But you look like you're not your Walmart one. Too late. You can't. You can't take. I already said it. Any kind of Will I already Ferrell, said you look like a Walmart Will Ferrell. All right, Tony. What, what is yours? Okay, number one. The clear answer here is wrong. Is Lucky Charms. Okay. No, but that's the same thing as you know Rice Krispies. There's no flavor in the cereal. Just just the marshmallow. You're eating it for the dessert. <laughs> It's the best tasting cereal. I don't know what are you guys are talking about. I'll leave with the marshmallows. All right. Number two, cookie crisp. That's Dude. okay. That's just a All cookie. Right. I'm going to listen to the rest of yours, and then I might have to go in on you, Tony. Okay. Number three. You guys probably don't remember this, but they released this cereal. It's the Rice Krispie Treats cereal. It's a little Rice Krispie Treats in the cereal. Tony, you just like sugar. I do. Well, that's, what, that's what I was going to say. Do you like cereal or do you like dessert? <laughs> Now, do you have now, Reese's like, Puffs on your list too? No, I have Frosted Meaty Wheats is next. Okay, I was healthy. Really healthy has a little frost on it too, and then right. I like the classic Cheerios as well. So it's more five. All right, yes. Oh yeah, Cheerios, Cheerios over honey nut. Honey nut Cheerios, Cheerios, any Cheerios are good. Um, yeah, yeah. With that. This, yeah, this is actually a a big debate amongst me and some close family friends: Honey Nut versus Classic. Uh, so I get very. Uh, when people say honey nut over regular, I, I have to disagree. I have to defend my choice here. Just, so, you can't defend anything. You picked Rice Krispies. <laughs> I'm, you had like fruity do, nut, whatever going do you, on. Do you, put, do you put Tony sugar in your milk? desserts for his top three. Did you put, do you put sugar in your milk when you eat Rice Krispies? Yes. Okay. I don't eat any cereal without milk. So you guys are complaining no, about sugar. me having sugar cereal. No, I don't complain. I put sugar in my Rice Krispie treat. Oh. My Rice Krispies in the milk. I, there's no flavor. Then why don't you buy a sugary cereal if you want sugar? You I know? don't eat. I, I buy. That's why I said Fruity Pebbles, dog. Same thing. <laughs> oh, my Lord. But enough of Beats Lucky Charms. We all agree on that. Um, if it, that I can deal twice. with that. Just the Lucky Charms marshmallows. I live with Lucky Charms, but once you said Cookie Crisp, I knew what kind of list you were going to have. <laughs> a good one. You're, you're you're exactly right. I thought you were gonna say Count Chocula or something, dude. I, I could see you being that Count old Chocula, guy. Reese's puffs, Reese's puffs, Reese's puffs. Okay, we you gotta get off this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next week we'll come back for number five, top five chips choices. All right. Oh God, I don't eat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right. you're gonna hear the most basic top five baby ever ever put together <laughs> any tony you only like anything with sugar so how are you gonna pick a chip salt and vinegar baby that's how you do it that's it oh yeah i'm okay with that yeah it's the best chip. already 
Until next week, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Check us out online in the Flatpod. Bye.